Hi, I'm Dr. Jillian Murphy, a naturopath, healthy-ish lifestyle architect, body joy seeker, and French fry activist. And you're listening to 100% healthy-ish. Here's the thing. As a naturopath and an intuitive eating health at every size health coach, I have seen every angle and end of the health conversation. And after years of clinical and coaching experience, I've developed a framework for feeling good and having fun that I know you're gonna love. To be healthy-ish, we move beyond the boring basics and consider some ish you have never thought of before when it comes to your health. Are you ready? It's gonna be fun. Let's go. I met Amanda Gibby Peters at a retreat. And you know, you go on these retreats and you expect to have an amazing time and get away and maybe meet a few nice people. But on this retreat, I met so many people that I love so much. And Amanda is one of them. We laughed so incredibly hard. She's one of those people that I had like 10 inside jokes with in the inside of 10 minutes. We went to see Frida Kahlo's house together. Her husband, Mark's amazing. I just really loved getting to know her. And on top of that, you'll hear in this episode that she really helped me deepen into the space aspect of healthy-ish. I knew, I know that space is important. I have been deeply dedicated to making beautiful spaces from a design perspective and an organizational perspective for myself. Uh, I, because I know that it affects the way that I feel in my body and my well-being, but getting to know Amanda and her work with feng shui completely transformed my understanding of all of this. So I cannot wait for you to get to meet her, to hear about her work, to really start to understand feng shui, because I think I didn't understand it and had a weird perception of what it was, which is why I never really connected the dots you know, as a naturopath who is trained in traditional Chinese medicine and understands chi and energy and meridians, um, and who dabbled in interior design for a part of my career. Like I never put these things together until I met Amanda. So I'm so excited. So Amanda Gibby Peters, um, is, is a podcaster. She is the host of house therapy and the certification program also called house therapy. She is the author of simple shui for every day, which is my favorite book on feng shui. Her Instagram feed is filled with information and inspiration and simple to do's that you can, that you can play with in your own home, in your own space, regardless of budget or size or, you know, whatever. None of that is what matters. What matters is how we tend to the energy in the spaces where we live. So um, we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about some really kind of funny, but also important things that have been happening with me um, and my energy as I rearrange my office according to feng shui. So let's get into it. I now have an Amazon storefront. I am very excited about this. I know that there are some feels about Amazon and I get it because I shop local all the time. And also, I occasionally grab things on Amazon, and I love that too. And I'm embracing the ish and allowing this ishy space to be a place where I can share my absolute favorite healthy-ish things with you. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes, and I want you to go check it out. There are kitchen organization tools. There is glassware as self-care. 
beautiful glassware for your cocktails and your mocktails and your green juices. You'll get a sneak peek into my cookbook obsession, all my favorite cookbooks. Um, I have a section on biohacking for babes that I'm building out. It's still... It's still new, but if you listen to my biohacking for babes episode, I'm trying to put things in this space so that you can jump on board as well. There are supplements that I love. There are, you know, shweeing the fung out of your home uh, items for your, for your making your home and the energy in your home the most beautiful possible. And also my favorite travel supplements and skincare products. So head on over the links in the show notes do some shopping, let me know what you get, uh, and have a little fun. <laughs> okay, so I'm Amanda Gibby Peters, as you know, of Simple Shui and also now House Therapy, which is my podcast and my certification program. And Simple Shui is a modern day mission-driven love-based practice of feng shui. So essentially what I'm teaching people through courses, books, my socials, conversations like this is simply that our environment holds so much opportunity for us to optimize our success, whatever that success is for us individually. And I think that it is a conversation that a lot of people are still pretty new to, you know, we understand so many things about what we bring into our bodies. We understand what's happening, you know, in the, in the world and to the globe and that kind of stuff, but we don't necessarily besides design talk enough about how our spaces are always influencing us and that that is a very collaborative power within our reach. So that's essentially yeah. what I do. Well, and the two things that come up as soon as you say that is the fact that first and foremost, like I am a naturopath. So I've studied traditional Asian medicine and I understand chi and I understand meridians and I understand like there's so many things that I like think are incredibly important when it comes to our human bodies and how energy flows and works. Um, and I dabbled in my husband and I renovate houses. And so this is the fifth one and like have, have like dabbled on the side and even doing interior design work. And I just think like when I, I was aware of feng shui, but I think that before I met you and we were in Mexico city together, cause we're, we have the, uh, the same business coach or, you know, did have the same business coach. I had never really thought about it in this way, in this way of like energizing and collaboratively creating success or abundance or, you know, it affecting our energy, like how I know that my space affects my energy, mm -hmm. but I've never connected these things. And then the second thing is that space was one of the things that I was most hesitant when I was creating this healthy-ish blueprint. I'm like, are people going to get this? Mm. Like how deeply, and this was even before I met you. So I was like, I know that space affects people. I know that it affects their well-being. I know that it affects the way that they show up every day and how they take care of themselves. How do I link that together? So I just, I guess what I just want to say is like, I think it is a conversation that's still new. And mm -hmm. that's why I'm so glad to have you here because it like clicked, like things started clicking in place for me, right? Like I was like, yeah, of course it's important to our health and well-being. Well, and I think that's the important thing is that so many people, I mean, I've been doing this almost 20 years. There are a lot of crazy notions out there about what feng shui is. And I will say like, we could get really funny about it, but like, seriously, people have a lot of fear. They think that there's going to be something bad about their home 
or there's going to be something that they find out that's the reason for all of their problems. And I think there's a hesitancy to it. And right. there are a couple of things that I love reminding people. One, like when you translate feng shui, it's wind, water, it is energy, fortune. It is literally what is happening in your space. Because when you think wind, water, you think wind is energy that you see the effect of, but you don't actually see. And water is energy you do see. So take that to your physical space. There are the things that are in your home, but then there's all that conversation happening around your things. So feng shui doesn't actually need anyone's endorsement. It's already happening in your space. And so what I really encourage people to do is to open themselves up to, oh, so where are there opportunities for improvement? Where are things in my space working for me? And then where are things maybe not working as favorably? And the simplest example that, you know, I think everyone or most everyone can relate to is if you've ever sat down to do a project or homework or something that you've put off forever and you're down to the wire, so many people do what? They clean their desk before they get started. Like they've got to clear the space. And there are so many reasons that I could explain why that happens, but instinctually we do that to judge up the space so that we can perform optimally, right? So that we don't have the distractions so that we feel inspired so that we can focus and stay committed to the finish line. And so I think that that's just really how practical feng shui is. Right. Right. Um, and then the other thing, or the thing that occurred to me that I thought people might be sensitive to is this idea. I, I don't know. I, I think it's just a conversation about beauty and inviting beauty back into our lives and what that looks like and how accessible or inaccessible it feels to people. Like I think sometimes people are resistant to, is this going to be really expensive? Do I have to redo my whole home? Do I have to, I think there's that piece. And then like, what role does beauty play and aesthetics? And um, for me anyway, the more I think about it, the more I feel like it actually makes space more accessible because we can think about just working with what we have. Right. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. if someone, if I work with a client and their first question to me is, hey, I'm going to run to the container store. What do I need to get? I'm like, pump the brakes. <laughs> right. We got to first sort of do an audit of what you already have. <laughs> And here's the thing. It's not even, I think another misconception about feng shui is that, you know, it is that beauty that's so much tied to minimalism. I hear that all the time. Like, oh, your house must be so Zen. And I'm like, really? With other people living with me? Zen. Huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have twins. <laughs> and they're all gone now, but like for but years, I'm just like, uh, no, and not everyone shares my aesthetic. Like that's not what feng shui is. But really what it is, is understanding that every single thing in your space is having a conversation with you. And this is backed up. I mean, this is like behavioral science has gone crazy with this about how, you know, the, the buildings that we're in are affecting our brains and our bodies all the time. And it just runs through that. It affects your thoughts and your feelings. Your feelings are driving so many of your moods and behaviors which are determining how you make decisions and that drives your outcome, right? So that's like their flow chart. That's what we're dealing with every day, but we become so familiar or tolerant or even indifferent to what's in our space. And so instead of finding pretty boxes to put on a shelf and not knocking the container store or anyone else, the most important thing you could do first is start looking around you and see, do you like the company you're keeping? 
Because once you start filtering out that stuff, I do think beauty is a byproduct. The things that really bring you joy, the things that really light you up, the things that are telling the stories you love, get better real estate and they're not drowned out and all the noise of the indifference or the things you become tolerant of and that. So beauty is a byproduct, but I don't think that it is. I think that's where people get feng shui and design confused. Right. You know, they think, oh, I need to make my space look good. If it feels good, it's probably going to also look good to you. And there are things you can do to add beauty, but the most important thing you can do first is get a handle on what's actually happening around you right now. Yeah. Some of my favorite tips that I've like gotten from you and I got your book, I have it like right here on my shelf, simple shui for every day, um, are just things like, I was like, I've never, I mean, we're in flux all the time because we're always moving. So there's this like natural byproduct, which this house we're going to stay in. So it's been interesting to be moving from home to home every three or four years because everything gets new life. Everything gets like a freshness to it. We're huge decluttering and, and like, you know, all of that. But now that we've been in this house for like almost six years, which is the longest ever for us, the tips that have been that I love the most are like thinking about changing up the art on your walls or the pictures Mm -hmm. in your frames or, um, just moving things, moving nine things that haven't moved in six months. Like what would it, because it's so easy to, to think we just like set it and forget it. And it just becomes like dust corners. Yeah. Well, I think what's there. Yeah. I think when people want to see how much they're actually living on autopilot, my favorite challenge is go into your kitchen and move the silverware to a different drawer and then see how long it takes you to just instinctually remember the new drawer. Like that's how well grooved and then eventually rutted we become in our homes when we're not ever changing anything around. And, you know, sometimes we're really resistant to change. And I will, all my clients will tell you, I've said this to them at some point, like we're not knocking out walls. We're just moving stuff around. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I wanted to ask about like, because you know, do you have any examples of, or I don't know if examples is where we should start. Maybe we should just start with like feng shui and well-being and like those connections, like just from your perspective, what is the connection there between space and our actual, you know, not just abundance or money or whatever, but our actual like well-being. What's, what, what thoughts, what comes up for you? Well, so going back to what I said a second ago, you're always under the influence. So if you get really metaphorical, which I think is a really simple on-ramp or an easily accessible user-friendly on-ramp to feng shui, um, there's a physicist, I think his name is Barry Gordon, years ago said, um, feng shui is the intelligent use of environmental metaphor. So sort of let that sink in. And if you start walking around and just thinking, what is the first word or what is the first association I have with this chair or that pile of books or that rug or, you know, the things in your home, you start to get what sort of chi or energetic deposits they're making. And again, it doesn't matter if you are consciously aware of that, that is the energy that you're steeping in. So if you have a lot of struggle, if you have a lot of repair, if you have a lot of neglect, if you have a lot of unworthiness, if you have anything that is sort of dragging you down, 
day in, day out, remember your house is always in conversation with you, then that I think is the first attack on well-being because there's this erosion that's happening. You know, I tell people like when you think about water dripping on a rock, it's not going to do anything right away, but if you leave it long enough, it's going to wear a hole. And so those little things in our home, whether that's the things that we tolerate because we don't know what to do with, that could be the clutter piles, that could be the room we have no idea how it should be used or it hasn't quite figured itself out in this house, you know, whatever those things are, but it can also be the repairs, mm. you know, like, oh my gosh, that tree died. We still haven't pulled it. Or there's that leak that we need to take care of, or we've got this crack in the garage, you know, those things all of that is impacting your well-being. And there's a lot of layering to this because when you get into feng shui, there are different ways of reading the home and interpreting it. And we can get really specific with what parts of your life that's affecting. But to me, when people are asking about well-being, I'm like, okay, let's look at the state of affairs in your home. And that's going through like, how is the house working for you? Are there things that you're putting off? You know, people always want to jump to the fun stuff, right? Like yeah. tell me some crystal to buy or give yeah. me some great <laughs> chant and something smoky. But the reality of it is- And you're like, you need to fix a curtain rod or like- <laughs> Yeah. Sweep your front porch, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I think my front, our front porch needs some love. That's like my next area on my yeah. list. Cause we, we had like a, a little family, one. we had a family of squirrels and we like ripped it apart and then- it's just been kind of there, you know, and like the doors aren't quite right and they annoy us. And I'm like, we just have to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so there's so much there just to kind of walk people through that. So the front door is what we call the mouth of chi. So just like our own mouths where we take in nourishment and oxygen, our front door is where we bring in the opportunities and possibilities we want in our lives. And the quality of energy at the front door is informing that robust, fresh energy coming into your space. So it's kind of getting its fingerprints all over it as it travels through your home. So a front door is like a sweet spot for really changing, um, you know, what you're experiencing in your life. And I love it because usually it's a small enough space that people don't feel overwhelmed, but to take right. that a step further, the door is also symbolic of our own mouths. And then you extend that to voices. So when people, like, if you were telling me this, you know, the door bugs us and all this kind of stuff, I'm like, knowing just some of the things I know, like if you really want to put yourself out there, if you really want to make a good first impression or make great impressions, you want people to see you, all those things, the front door, this is a fantastic opportunity that's right. just right there again within reach. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, one question. So this is like interesting and I'm, I'm like putting you on the spot a little bit, Yeah, but I think it would be so interesting to hear your thoughts on this because I, so I rearranged my office. I got back. So one mm -hmm. of the things that I loved so much that you said when we were in Mexico city was that it would be a good, like I was sort of saying, Oh, I want to dabble into this, right? Like I was getting excited and you were seeing my office and I had this feeling that my office and you were, I think you said, I think I was like, I think I should do my office. And you were like, perfect. Cause I have this free office guide and you can get ideas <laughs> yeah. when you sign up for your newsletter. So I was like, okay, that's amazing. And, uh, and then you were saying also though, that like when we go on these retreats or travel or like learning experiences, we change right? Mm -hmm. We shift and we change. And I've experienced this before, like going to a conference or something and feeling it was really transformational and then coming home. And you were talking about the importance of shifting up things in your environment. Yes. Cause otherwise you fall back into those like old patterns. Right. So, um, it was great. It was perfect timing. I came back. I was like, it just, I like redid the room. It feels so good. Opportunities flowing. 
And now I think that there's a few things that are happening here, but metaphorically, what's been really interesting is I feel dizzy at my desk lately. Oh, yeah. Like even right now I'm managing it, right? Like, so, and I do Zoom calls all the time. Like that's what I do. So I don't know because I had like a little bit of a virus, right? So there's part of me that's like, maybe it's my inner ear and maybe like I'm doing like fascial releases and I'm like, life has been really hectic and crazy. I'm like, maybe I'm just scattered in my thoughts. But I just also wondered if there was anything like, I was like, is there anything about the way I set up the room that can be making me feel dizzy? Yeah. So when you are putting your desk in command, which is what we did and the idea of command, the best way I can explain this is simply having something solid behind your back yeah, and having the ability to see who walks in your office. So not facing a wall, if you can avoid it, um, you know, really being sort of mafia boss position, like where you can sit back and watch everything that's happening. Right. Yeah. So there are a couple different ways and all spaces are different and it's not always the easiest arrangement to achieve. I mean, I understand I've been in a lot of homes. So for you, we have you on an angle, right? Because that's about the angle. Yeah. And so usually command, you know, for most people I'll say, have your, you know, sort of just be um, aligned with the wall. But for you to sit in command, the angle gave you more room in front of you because it's a smaller space. But that is a more triggering command, meaning it does immediately increase opportunity and flow. And I'm actually really glad that you brought this up because when I tell people, now listen, this is like command on steroids. <laughs> this is like command central. You mean I it. mean, they are like, bring it on. And I can tell you equally as many stories about how fantastic it is as I can tell you stories of people who had to switch it back because it was too much too soon or the energy was well, just really intense. So as we like, record, I love yeah. that you're bringing it up because it's like this. Okay. I'm is so glad energy. I did. Cause I was like, am I being nuts? But I think no. like it's not in other rooms. And I was like, well, the floor, like it's an old house. So the floor is a little wonky. I'm like, maybe it's the floor, but like mm-hmm. I have been in this room for six years, like with the wonky floor, just in a different spot. Right. Yeah. And like, I do feel like as we record this, it's like new moon in Aries, it's eclipse season. Mm -hmm. I feel genuinely like I am being called to reorganize Mm -hmm. my life and how I like take, like, you know, through the icon agency, which is like how we connected, I've remade the business, but I think I'm still reorganizing as a human to be ready for that business. Well, listen, does that make sense? Yeah. And being in command, I, you know, it's not just, so there, there are a couple of things that are happening with command and, and I want to really impress upon people two things. One, the reason why you want to be able to see who's coming in the office into your space is because your subconscious and again, through no choice of your own is going to hover on alert, like who, what might come up behind us. And even though logistically you are probably not worried about anyone coming up behind you, your subconscious is still doing what it's done for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, right? Like I'm just need to keep us safe. So again, nothing in feng shui is transactional. So when you hear the bad feng shui tips out there, just walk away. (laughs) Very few things are transactional, but when you live with your subconscious on high alert over time, that will wear down your well-being. It starts to feel like chronic exhaustion. It starts to feel like burnout. So mm. there's that thing. 
But then the other thing about sitting in command is that you are available to opportunity. You're able to seize opportunity. You're able to take it in. But if you've never really stepped into that role of visibility and full on, I'm here for it, that can feel a little uncomfortable. And I will have people reach out to me and say, I did command. It just didn't work for me. It didn't look great. So I went ahead and put my desk back. It's not that big a deal, right? That's what you say all the time. And while I do say, do what you love, it's not that the command didn't work. It's just, that's a really big putting yourself out there. And that depending on where you are, the weather you're in is what I like to always say. Mm -hmm. It can feel a little like it feels swirly. Like that's the interesting thing, right? It feels swirly. And I'm like, it feels like specifically swirly when I'm at this desk. Yeah. So I would almost tell you if I were there, I would almost suggest like, okay, see if you can get casters (laughs) for your desk and then just kind of, you know, square it off when you're feeling off and then you can move it back, like make your space work for you. Right. Like I wondered about, Um, I was like, what if I just like put it a little bit more square even. Yep. And then that helps. And that's really earth energy, like squaring things off the shape associated with the element earth is the square, right? So squaring things off can feel very stabilizing, grounding, settling, nourishing. So that's a really great way to fix that problem pretty quickly. Okay. And then I can always shift it back. And then when you're like, Hey, I got a big launch, boop, (laughs) shift it right back. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. And there's been, but I do think that it is like, I've had this, my deeper sense is that I'm being called to do some like internal reorganizing. And that I think Mm -hmm. has to do with just even my schedule. And like, it's great to have all the potential for all the opportunity, but if there aren't proper boundaries on that, I think that can feel like overwhelming as well. Right. So it's like, well, maybe I need to have a better system and structure in place, like internally, as well as in my calendar so that like, I'm ready. Yeah. I love that too, because like you did shift your desk to command. Right. And so you opened up that space in front of you. And so now you're seeing exactly what you're saying. Oh, I'm realizing that this needs to happen and this restructuring is probably necessary. And like, you're able to see the opportunities and respond accordingly. That's one of those things. Like when we're facing a wall, you know, limited opportunities, not quick enough response time, things sneak up on us, all of those metaphors. Whereas when you're in command, it's not just about good things. It's also being able to respond to things that you can kind of sense that might become a problem later down the road if I don't address. So a lot of wins there. Yeah. Cool. That's really cool. What I'm wondering about, like, okay, so tell us about is, I hope I say it right. The Bagua, is that the map? Mm -hmm. That's the feng shui map of a home. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Where is the health area? So there are two different interpretations for this. So when you go, and I say this because a lot of times people hear feng shui map, bagua, which is B-A-G-U-A, they'll immediately run to like Pinterest or the internet. And so I just want to speak to both spaces that you might see it. So the bagua is like a tic-tac-toe board, right? It's nine equal squares, right? And each one of them represents a life area. And there are a couple different ways that you can put this over your home. The way that I work with it most is I align the bottom of the map, which is going to be like your skills, knowledge, self-cultivation, wisdom is one little square. You have career self journey is another square and then helpful people that's reading it left to right. You'll line that up with your front door and then just put that tic-tac-toe board over your house. Okay. Okay. 
your house will maybe not fit all of it. You might have some areas that are missing. You have might have some areas that feel like they extend past. It's a little tricky, but you can get a decent sense. Yeah. Um, so the health area is, on my bagua is the center. Okay. And the reason that I, you know, and I've had teachers that have shared this. This isn't just an Amanda Gibby Peters theory. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the reason that I, I have gone with that interpretation is because, you know, the core of everything we do is dependent on our health. Right. And it's not just our physical health. It is our emotional, mental, you know, financial, all of those things. So when you're working with any of the life areas, one of the things that I'll often recommend is like, let's also pay attention to what's happening in the center, because that area is the one space that touches all areas of your life. So it's really important to make sure that it's working in your favor so that it's influence is amplifying whatever you're doing, saying in your wealth area or your yeah. love area or your career area. Now there are other maps that show health in the family and new beginnings. Sometimes it's called ancestors. Wow. And okay. that one, if we were standing at the front door, looking into your house, that would be the far left middle square. Okay. okay. And the reason that that is sometimes considered health is because that family new beginnings qua or life area is associated with present day. So if you're having any sort of health struggles, if you're going to have surgery, if you're recovering from something that's very much present day. Right. And so a lot of times we will address that space if we're trying to amplify, enhance, improve, mitigate any sort of health challenges people are Got experiencing. It. Yeah. That's so fun. My kitchen's in that area. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And yeah. And then the health area, which is interesting in my house, in the middle of the house, it's kind of like in between the kitchen and the dining room. So it's like mm -hmm. quite open. And then up here, it's like kind of open because it's in the middle of yeah. all the bedrooms. Yeah. And then in the basement though, we built closets and I feel like they're, they become places where we shove things as we're like renovating and building. Yeah. yeah. So that would be something to be mindful of, but here's something else. Like people get the bagua and without a lot of experience, start feeling like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. Like yeah. that is just seems to be our natural default. Yeah. So let me just impress and express to everyone that you can interpret any room you can interpret your desk. You can interpret your mattress. You can take that bagua and work with it anywhere. So you are not ever right. subject to just your home. And in terms of the center, because a lot of people will say just what you did. I have a closet in the center or, oh my gosh, there's nothing there. I can't do anything because it's an open space. Work with the center of any room. You can strengthen your core working with the center of any room. So if you have a coffee table in yeah. the oh, living room. Put some flowers there, work with the center of your kitchen or dining table, right? Put a mm. bowl of fresh fruit, I um, putting oranges know. out. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> what is the yeah. significance of oranges and feng shui? Like uh, oranges, like they're just a very traditional symbol. They're, you okay. know, they're very yang or yang. Um, people think of them as, you know, mimicking the sun. So they bring that really vivacious energy. Um, they are connected to the sweet life. 
Um, and it's very customary around the Chinese New Year to eat oranges or, you know, a, a citrus fruit similar um, after every meal to like just really beckon the sweet life for the year. So there's a lot of different rituals that incorporate oranges. And I love them because where there are certain symbols that don't necessarily translate aesthetically here in the West, oranges are one that most people are agreeable to. Right. Right. Yeah. But I love that idea of like thinking on smaller scale. I love the idea because yeah. I've got these like round coffee tables in several rooms. Yeah. And I'm like, let's make those the health centers that yes. we focus on. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's so, and that's what I'm saying again, so many opportunities within reach. Right. Right. <laughs> so do you have any, so examples, if we can go into some examples, like, do you have any great stories of like well-being and feng shui or just like fun feng shui stories where like someone's come to you and you've worked on something and um, gosh, I have so many. Um, let me think. So there's one, um, and this was so, okay. So this one deals with a little bit of clutter, but I think that it's a really important lesson to see what it's not always just clearing the clutter. It's about creating open space for something new to move in. Okay. So I had this client years and years ago who has still has really successful businesses. But at the time that she hired me, um, there were a lot of things in her business and her personal life that were not going well at all. So I come to her home. It is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I'm walking around and I'm thinking nothing seems out of place. There's not anything that's just grabbing my attention, screaming, here's the problem. And so we're walking around and I'm taking notes thinking, like, what I am I going to do? Yeah. Um, and we get up to the second floor and we're going through some of the rooms and I happen to look out the window, um, of the back corner room. And I see tucked behind the trees is a little building that happens to be a garage. And I'm like, and I didn't see it from the street when I came, cause it's detached. So I'm like, Oh, what is happening over there? What, you know, is that part of your property or is that someone else's? And she's like, Oh no, that's ours. But like, you couldn't even open the door because there's so much stuff in there. It would all come falling out. And I'm like, bada bing, bada boom, because it sat in the love relationship section of their property. Mm. And here she had called me in because she was having issues with a family member. She was having a lot of issues with her staff. She was even having issues with her landlord because um, she was renting the space. And it was fall. And I said, well, you know, it'd be a really good idea to clear this out. And I know that almost feels like phoning it in, like clear the clutter, change your life. But in this case, I'm like, everything here is well appointed. There's something that's creating major resistance because there's nothing I'm not reading anything else in this home. So I left thinking, well, we'll see, because a lot of people, again, they want the fun or the esoteric. They don't want the push up your sleeves and go put yeah. some clutter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting enough. It was her husband who reached out to me in January and he's like, you know what we did when we hauled out the holiday decorations, we decided before we put anything back, we were going to clear that whole space. We did the person who was creating so much strife at work left on their own and it completely changed the vibe. Um, their family member who'd sort of been, you know, distant was moving back home with them. Mm -hmm. And the landlord who'd been telling them that she was going to sell the place reached out and said, I've changed my mind. And as incentive, I'm going to discount your rent by a significant amount. 
And all of that happened without them making a single phone call, without doing anything. It was literally just clearing that out. Wow. And it just changed the way that the energy was able to move. So that's, again, a really, a really simple way to read what's going on in your life is how is energy moving through this space, right? Like everyone wants fortune or luck or, you know, just good things. And it's like, is there room in your home for it to move around? And does your space suggest you can handle more? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. That's a great point. So what, okay. So if someone wanted to start with this, Mm -hmm. what do you think are good places to start? Um, so I would start, you know, the, the very first thing that I did, I'll, I'll, so getting online, buying books, you can do all that. The only thing I would caution is be mindful that as you're buying books, there are a lot of different approaches or schools to feng shui. So let me just stop everyone before they even take off from the starting line. And that is all the schools are fantastic. You're going to run into practitioners and authors who believe that one school or approach is better than another. And I will always say there are several paths up the same mountain and they all get you there. So you've got to work with what feels good. If you start reading something and it start, you feel yourself breaking out in worry hives and feeling awful or shame about your home, that is not the approach for you. Right. Okay. So work with something that feels friendly. And then if you find things that seem to contradict, you could be reading different schools or approaches. So grab whatever book, you know, when I first started, Amazon wasn't around. So I would just grab whatever was on the Barnes and Noble shelves. And I just read and started figuring out, okay, where are their patterns in that? Another great thing to do is just what I said at the beginning, audit your home, start going through and see what you really love what you've become tolerant of, what's living on the bookshelves. What are the clothes in your closet saying about you? What is the clutter really sticking around for? Is it fear, shame, guilt, worry, right? Hesitation, procrastination, like start getting into that metaphorical space Mm -hmm. with your home, because you're going to start seeing a lot of things differently. And then the other thing I would say that's really simple is prioritize your front door, yeah. Where energy comes yeah. in, prioritize your bedroom because that speaks to how you value yourself mm-hmm. and take care of the kitchen because that's sort of the seat of health and wealth, regardless of where it sits on the function map. Those are three really powerful starting points. All of those things are great. And then from there, you know, if you want to learn more, find a course, you know, yeah, you have a buy- course. Yeah, I do have a course. I, it's actually my process, my sort of how I do consults when I go out But there are so many options out there. And of course, I love my course, but you've got to find what works for you. So the thing is, I say, you know, you have to understand there is a vast terrain and this is a wisdom. I mean, as you know, you have to be patient. Yeah. Like even I love your book because it's, um, it's like 365 little tips and what I do, what I've decided to start doing, because I was reading it and there's so much goodness in there, but again, it's like, oh, I can't. Can I get all this, you know, and instead of what I've decided I'm going to do is just sit down on Sunday and like read through the week and like yeah. pick like, what are a couple things that I yes. can do this week? And then I'll just keep going through the book. Yeah. None of it is like calendar sensitive. And the reason that I wrote it that way was because when I first, when I first stumbled into feng shui, 
I wanted a to-do list, honestly. And I tell people to stay as far away from that now, but that's kind of how I came into it. And so I was like, I don't want the big sweeping changes. Tell me the little things that I can do that felt affordable or simple enough that I didn't have to restructure my whole day, you know, things that really were friendly to my schedule. And so I created the book with that in mind that you can grab and go. And then Mm -hmm. next year, you're going to be in a completely different space, again, different weather. And those tips are going to resonate with you differently and you'll grab and grow, you know, go differently. And so it really is a book that's meant to work for you. However, Yeah. Yeah. But it's a fun way to approach it, right? Just to be like looking at it, look through the seven tips of that week. Yeah. Okay. What are two that I can tackle this year? And then next year I'll like look at it again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I love that. You get to know your house differently too. You get to start thinking about your space in a way that you haven't. And that's what I love about feng shui is once you have something explained to you, you can't unsee it. And while that might be a little (laughs) intimidating, that travels with you into your office, yeah, into other homes that you may live in, to hotel rooms that you're in. And so there's a lot of, you know, versatility within yeah. this too. And I love that because I'm noticing that as well, like forgotten corners of our home. Yeah. Um, and we don't have such a big house, but it's just so easy to just spend time in the same couple of spaces in your home and yeah. forget. But even the forgotten corners of your bedroom, the forgotten corners yes. of, you know, it's, it's I'm finding like fresh eyes on the space again. Yeah. Um, And one of the things, interestingly, when we decided to stop renovating and moving homes, which was stressful in and of itself, but like, I was so worried that we would just get stuck in stagnation. And so this is offering me also this like ongoing way to keep freshness in the house. Yeah. It really is fun. I love it. I mean, I, you know, it is fun. And it's just like really acknowledging that your home is a member of your family, that it's its own living, breathing entity. And that the things that you do are not only acts of love for your space, but they are also forms of self-hospitality because anything you do for your space is energetically what you're steeping in. So, you know, you're giving to this energy, but it is giving back to you tenfold. Yeah. Anything else that you want to share? Well, why don't you tell us where we can find you? That would be fantastic. So I would say the best place to follow me is on Instagram, um, Amanda Gibby Peters, um, because that's where I share tips. That's where I'm most engaged. And I mean, really, there's just so much information over there. So much information over there. Um, Simple Shui, S-H-U-I. So simpleshui.com is my site. And over there, you can find my book. You can find my courses. You can learn more about the certification. I've been blogging since 2007. So there is just like resource rich, you know, Shui wisdom over there too. Um, And then I have my podcast, House Therapy. Yeah. And I drop episodes every week. (laughs) Yeah. How did you get trained? I didn't ask you that, but I'm interested. Yeah. So that's a fantastic story. So when I came to feng shui, I initially started with having several consults of my own because I was just trying to figure out, like I read the book of the books that I could get my hands on and, um, started kind of figuring out, okay, not everyone says the same thing. I found myself a mentor, read some more books and I thought, 
I got this. I got this figured out. And um, in a conversation with her one day, she schooled me. And so I found it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's like for 10 minutes, asked me questions that I couldn't answer. And I was like, okay, point made. So I enrolled in a certification and uh, with the Western School of Feng Shui, Tara, Catherine Collins, and she has a really great, um, you know, cadre of teachers. And then I, you know, did a a business mastermind and thought I was ready to march out in the world. And I was, um, but did some publishing of articles, contributing in different places and had other school of feng shui practitioners kind of come for me. And I didn't like that feeling because I didn't know what they were criticizing or being critical about. So I went back to school and I learned, um, you know, not just Western and BTB, but I learned Compass and Classical, um, learned some flying stars and got to understand all the schools. And that is why I say with confidence, all the schools are fantastic. They all have amazing, you know, wisdom and they all come back to what is the energy? What is the quality of chi in your home? Really? That is the thread that runs through them beyond that. It's just, you know, preferential. Right. So people were sort of criticizing your approach. It was more like now, like you went and got all that extra info to be able to, yeah, they're like, like, I'm allowed to interpret this. (laughs) Yes. So I went back to school as I do, because I'm a nerd like that. And, you know, um, and from there have taken other classes. I studied with a shaman for a year. Um, You know, I've just done a lot of like, where's this overlap? Because I really do think this wisdom was all sort of one thing at one time. And then it just evolved into different parts of the world. And people have different ways of explaining or applying or understanding it. And so that's so fascinating to me to find that resonance. And it's it's the same with alternative medicine, right? And even medicine, medicine is, I think also a branch of these original approaches to wellness. And then just like Ayurveda or traditional Chinese medicine, or like, you know, there's these meta, you know, allopathic medicine, like there's just these different approaches and they've just been interpreted in all these. Yes. And that's exactly the same thing. And so, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I'm always like, Ooh, you're teaching what? Yeah. (laughs) Sign me up. I know after I was like, I think I messaged you like the other week. I'm like, I think I really need to do your course. And I think I do because I, I want to have eventually you and I have talked about, like, I want to have someone on my team that can work with someone. If that's like, if their space, if we believe is like a major barrier to whatever their well being is, I want there to be someone who can do two or three sessions with them and, and like move through their home virtually and help them figure out what to do. But I also, I'm like you, like, I like to have some base understanding, right? Yeah. Well, then I can, then I can refer properly as well. Like I think the most important thing to understand is if you're going to go through any big change in your life, your home is going to need to change too. And this is not drastic. We're not getting out the wrecking ball here, but you need to make sure that you're in, again, the optimal space for success, right? Like the story I love telling is the plant. You know, if you have a plant outside that's struggling, you don't blame the plant and say, come on, magnolia tree, don't you know better? You go in and you ask about the soil. Is it getting too much sun? Is there too much wind? You ask about its environment and we are exactly the same way. And so any sort of life change, your home needs to be able to support it. Right. And so it is such a, it's a valuable question to ask. I think at the onset. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's interesting because immediately what comes to mind for me is like when you're about to have a new baby, right. We like rearrange, we like clear space, we clear room, we, we get furniture, we, we set up for this like major trance, even if we have, even if we're in a small apartment, even if we're whatever, we like 
we make room in the corner of our bedroom. We like, we figure out a way to make space for this transformative moment. Right. Uh, I think we don't think of other things as major. I think this is like, and and this is like, so interesting. It's been weaving into the healthy-ish blueprints as well as like, there's major transformative moments in our lives, just especially as women, like we move Mm -hmm. into different archetypes. We move into different like even me, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do work differently for my own yeah. well-being, Right. Yeah. And I think I'm getting called to do something a little deeper than I've been doing, you know? <laughs> well, listen, I mean, <laughs> I with my I, space and it's like shaking. It's shit so up. true. It like, listen, different stage, but my kids left to go to film yeah. school. And one of the things we've been doing around the house is really changing things because if a certain chapter in your life ends and your house stays the same, do you know that it is really hard to move forward forward to say, okay, that was then. And this is now. So you change your home. You sold everything that was theirs. (laughs) Do you match? Sorry, kids. They're just like, do not touch our room. (laughs) but you're like rearranging other things, right? I mean, I changed this, this mural behind me. Yeah. It's like beautiful. I am making I love that changes. Thank you. Yeah. I'm big changes that are noticeable because, you know, big things shift the chi, right? Yeah. Cause you're having a response to it. And so I know my girls are coming home this weekend and I know they're gonna be like, what the hell have you done to the house? <laughs> and you're like, times are well, changing. You babies. had to leave. You, you had to leave. Yeah. You, you left the country. <laughs> and the house needs to change <laughs> you went all the way to Canada when we live in Dallas <laughs> amazing well thank you thank you for doing this with me so people can find you at simpleshway.com yes. Amanda, Gib- G- Amanda Gibby Peters on Instagram yes. and for anyone who's like interested in doing deeper work Amanda yes. has amazing courses like there's like a sort of an intro level course mm-hmm. and then there's this like certification program as well. Yes. Yes. And then house therapy. If you want to listen to like yes, the really podcast. quick 10, 15 minute episodes, really short, but great takeaways. So definitely listen to house therapy if you want to learn more. All right. That's it for me today. And don't forget if you are interested in finding your best healthiest life, if you are interested in getting a 10 plus page healthiest blueprint that is specifically and uniquely designed for you by me. If you want to go even further beyond that and and have some coaching and accountability and a team of experts in the health and healthy-ish wellness field, handpicked by me, vetted by me, and approved by you, then I want you to go to the link in the show notes called Work With Me and find out all the juicy details about both my a la carte and deep dive, healthiest life one-on-one deep dive programs, life-changing, health-changing, whether you are managing difficult health conditions like diabetes or high blood pressure, or you are dealing with a long laundry list of subtle health conditions that no one will take seriously. I'm your gal. I'm here for you. And I want to help you feel vibrant and incredible and amazing in your body without giving up on any of the adventure or croissants that life has to offer.